Roy, we're live. So welcome to our uh, weekly call uh, with the Freedom Broadcasters. Uh, this week, uh, our podcasters are Grace with Quantum Nurse, Steve Ferrero with Awakened Mind, Jay Onifree, The New Earth Times, and our esteemed guest. I've actually had him on my Awakening podcast and my speaking podcast. He's the author of The Way. A lot of the times we've got guests on that tell us the problems that are going on in their life, but they don't really have solutions. And Andrew has a lot of solutions because he's got his own way. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's a coach, inspirational speaker, and best-selling author. Please welcome Andrew Calderella. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for everybody inviting or being here with us today. It's an honor. So we normally do a round robin. We go around. So I'll start off before I pass it on to Jay. And like we're looking currently at a lot of corruption in the political field. Like I just see last night in Ireland, they voted in a bill, basically a discrimination bill. And the top parties all voted together, along with the Green Party. The political parties aren't working, yet people are in, living in hope. And we have to kind of get out of that. What do you think is the best way for this? Well, seems what I have found is that humanity doesn't have a core belief system that kind of helps us to navigate all of these issues. And what happens is it seems like, especially for men, for some reason, that the higher levels in power that we attain, as they say, absolute power corrupts absolutely. We seem to fall to vice, to uh, the dark side, as some people say. So it's like, how do we prevent that from happening? And for me, when I've studied this, it always seems that the people that have the right core beliefs, the right value system are the ones that are able to navigate this uh, difficult road because it's, it's really more of a challenge. And I actually, in the very first chapter of the book, cover the whole idea of what the goal of life is. Is it success, you know, riches, fame, uh, that kind of thing? Or is it really living a wonderful life where you have uh, you know, great relationships, you're healthy and happy and have all the other pieces? What I found is everybody really wants uh, to live a meaningful life and make a real difference in the world. And we get distracted by this challenge of wealth, power, and fame. So within the book, within the way, I actually show you how to uh, overcome these challenges as well as just have a core belief system that will allow you to navigate all of life and overcome these challenges. So I can tell you what those are if you like. I don't want to go on too uh, long. Yeah, here. I mean, like the main thing is because we, we, we've done a lot of discussions ourselves, which, you know, obviously the audience wouldn't have heard of. But I think deep down, and I know Jay is doing a lot herself. She's got a lot of tribe groups. She's doing amazing things around the world as well, as well as Grace and Steve. They're all, we're all doing the right thing. We're all trying to get the message out. Like, I think deep down, it's all about love and sharing. Instead of attacking an institution, you know, attacking the pharmaceuticals, attacking the Pfizer's and the likes of that, that's deep down Absolutely. we have to reach the individual because each corporation is run by individuals. Yes. And... Uh, Roy, I know that you've read the book, so th this is a great conversation. In the book, I actually have outlined the, ex the exact steps on how we can peacefully force positive change and why violence will never lead to lasting peace. And you're right. It's all about love. You can't throw mud and shade on everybody and expect them to change. It's going to make them turn away and hate, and you're going to create a big conflict. Uh, what I found is the best solutions are when we actually do unite. That's when we're the most powerful. 
And honestly, this isn't, the, if you talk to people, all the answers and all the problems in the world are pretty simple. We all want the exact same things. It's when you get into the high levels of power that things seem to become much more complicated becomes, because it's often a fight between people instead of people trying to find a solution for everybody. Does that make sense? Yes, of course, of course. Um, like that was one of the things that we discussed as well that I actually really enjoyed because I see it around the world and it's going to happen a lot more now, unfortunately, because of the craziness and it was the homelessness we were kind of discussing. One, it's all orchestrated because we've got a lot of charities going out there trying to help the homelessness without even realizing you, you actually cut it off at the actual where it's been created. Like I see in Poland and in Ireland, you have the bailiffs coming in, kicking people out in the street, which was created by the banks lending too much money that they couldn't afford to pay. And it's a big knock on effect that's totally orchestrated. But what they're doing is they're actually sucking the energy out of people and making them lose faith in humanity. And which in turn, like we've all witnessed people that were doing well, you got on with them, they're fantastic. And once, you know, the tide turns and they, they're basically struggling to keep a roof over their head, the nastiness kicks in. I believe that there isn't nastiness in a person. It's just a survival mechanism. Well, you know, we, uh, in the book I talk about this too, is that the, the idea of being a savage or the barbarian level states of society is where everybody's in competition with their selves against everybody or their smart group against everybody. And we can always fall there. You know, there's, there's no part of humanity in our civilization that can't be destroyed. So the whole idea here is for us to create a better world is that we all have to get together and really work on shoring up all the foundations of our society so that people don't fall through the cracks the idea of desperation of what creates so many problems in the world. And again, they can be solved really easily. Just uh, if you look at the world's population, most of the poor people are working and a lot of them are working full time. If we just paid these people properly, they would be able to afford their own lives and not be on the edge of poverty when one tragedy just ruins their lives. And let me just say this. Uh, this is in uh, step four of the way, there's three laws within this core belief system that really could change the entire world and solve most of our problems if we all held it in our hearts as well as lived it within our organizations. And this is the idea of treating people as you would want to be treated, seeing all of humanity as equals and respecting life. Just those three would eliminate so much of the tragedy that we uh, <laughs> deal onto each other uh, if we just really embrace this. And I know it seems a little cheesy to some people, but the core of humanity and a lot of the problems and the solutions are very simple because we are all human beings. We all want and need the same things. So, you know, while we're fighting on these fringe issues, it's really being united on the core that's going to be the way that we solve all of this. And like, unfortunately, because we're all kind of following a certain group, you know, we're inspired by certain people, whether it be Dolores Cattle, you know, the John Kennedy with the vaccines and everything. But unfortunately, what I'm seeing is there's no people fighting within them groups. And they're basically throwing, it's like, I, we call it in Ireland, like, you know, washing your laundry in public, just don't do it. And I think we have to go back to the individual because we're all living in hope. You know, there's some people living in hope that it's going to be Trump. Others are living in hope that it's going to be Dolores Cattle or any of these. They're all fighting each other. They're all kind of showing that they're not really the people that we should be living in hope. It's the individual. 
Right. Well, there are two different types of leaders that I found in the world. There are the leaders that are truly looking to unite us and help us and find true solutions. And then there are the, the leaders that get to the point where they just feel like they want to control everybody and crush everybody under their thumbs. And I, I have to say this, it's, it's a lot of men. Uh, we have a problem. We should see each other as brothers instead of this, uh, you know, in this endless constant struggle of, you know, win, lose, zero sum and all the rest. We need to really realize that for humanity to win, everybody needs to win. We can't leave anybody behind. It only takes a few people to get lost and ruin it for the rest of us. It only takes a few bad leaders to destroy our planet. I mean, if we look what's happening in the world right now, and this has happened over and over and over again throughout history, the more desperate people become, the more that a uh, tyrant type leader can take control because they lie. They use the good people words to make themselves seem good. I mean, just look at the rise of Hitler and what he said. He wasn't out saying things like, we are evil, join the evil empire. We're out to kill everybody. You know what I mean? That's not what he was saying. Nobody says that. The problem is that, like you said, we follow our authority figures and they we believe what they say. And this is why having certain core beliefs and certain understandings and certain educational backgrounds really helps because you can then bounce these uh, ideas and what people are saying off of your core beliefs to see if they're actually true. So many people in the world, they play off our division. They, they want, they gain power by dividing us and it separates us into smaller and smaller and smaller groups to where we're less effective and we become more desperate. So we need these leaders to do everything for us. Whereas if we just united correctly, just think of it this way. I am starting this one movement in one party. If I had a billion people around the world that were part of this movement and you follow the steps on how to peacefully force positive change that are outlined in this book, we could do anything we wanted and force this change in the world without it being such a traumatic, violent enterprise. The problem with all of these groups, you can look at all the groups fighting for uh, civil rights around the world. It seems like every single minority has to stand up themselves and beg for equal rights. Now, just imagine if all of the groups joined together and said, we're fighting for human rights for everyone instead of the half Indian, half Mexican guy here and the Indian in, uh, you know, in India or, you know what I'm saying? It's like everybody has to stand up and fight for equal rights for everybody or this is never going to work. The same thing with the environment. There are so many environmental groups out there. Imagine if they just join together. I'm not saying they separate, just join together and use their resources to really push certain ideas and understandings in the world, they would have so much more power. And humanity's greatest power is us united. And right now in human history is the only time that we have been this united, or uh, what do I say, this awake and this connected. So the only time in human history that all of these great changes could really happen is right now. So for me, I've always wondered, you know, why would you give a dyslexic uh, half-blind kid this this mission to write a book and start this movement and do all this. I think sometimes it's always the have nots, the people that have had a lot of challenges sometimes that can see the wrongness to be able to show it to others and maybe even find solutions. I've been working on this my whole entire life. I've had a lot of spiritual experiences. Uh, people say, you know, I'm on a mission from God to do this. And it's very challenging because like you say, it's the people that have all the money and power seem to get distracted. I could seriously, if you have money and power and you're listening to me, uh, please help me. I can help you. We could seriously change this. It does not have to be this way. Uh, anyway, I know I can go on and on, but 
hopefully that gives you a little background. Uh, of course, of course. And because you, you know, you've been on both my podcasts, I, I don't want to hog the stage. I, I'd like to pass it on to Jay and I would like to welcome Jay to our group because it's a, a nice to see a, your face there. So Jay can take the stage. Hi, Jay. I was, I was like, just getting comfortable. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, this is getting spicy. I love listening to Roy. Um, you know, the Irish accent and, uh, and I was invited and I just want to say thank you for, I, I said two days ago, cause you know, we have a very powerful change maker movement and, um, and we sort of meet people where they're at. And, and, um, I took your book last night and I did, uh, I was glad that I did my photo reading workshop years ago. And so I quickly went through your book. Um, oh, nice. and what really stood out to me is I, I, um, there was this weaving of your why constantly. And you just touched on that with Roy. You know, I think when you read words on paper, right now there's a lot of information coming at us. Um, but it comes right down to, to if it's not simple, it's not effective in my mind. I mean, we it, as humans, we're really good at overcomplicating things. Um, in my journey, I died twice um, flatlined and and that caused me to take this big spiritual journey to figure out the meaning of life and access my human potential and 40 day fasts in the desert and living in monasteries in India and all sorts of crazy stuff and all to come full circle and arrive back where I am now and realize it's always right in front of us. And that's what really stood out with me with your book is that it's so accessible. You know, it's so simple. And yet my question to you that I really want to connect with you on, Andrew, is, is, you know, the execution of it. Like, give me an example. Give the audience an example of, of how this would operate in daily life and how they might take your lead, your example that you're giving so well with your why and how weaving that why into actual, you know, results on a day-to-day -day basis. For me, I'm very visual and I, and I like to kind of feel into it and then the tangible, sure. okay, what are my, what, it's, what, what actions can we take? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the whole book is designed, as you know, as seven steps. Uh, the fifth step is all about creating your daily way, which I have over here, uh, which is, is how you integrate virtues and best practices into your life. Let me just step back one second. Uh, you talked about the meaning of life, and I've been explaining this to people, and it seems to resonate when I do it. If you don't mind, I can take a minute and do that. Heck yeah. All right. So we talk about the meaning of life. Uh, let me just start at the before the beginning. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, how everything was created and the rules of the universe. So, before the beginning, there is God. At the beginning, there is the omniverse. Within the omniverse, there is our universe. Our universe has certain rules and laws and everything else that it conforms to. Now, who here knows the game of life? Anybody? You, child's game of life? You've seen that before? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Uh, well, the child's game of life, it has a box, it has a board, you open up, you move pieces, you, you, some of it's chance, some of it's your decisions. Our real life is like that too. We call those rules and regulations the human conditions. Now, there are universals that are like uh, gravity, day and night, uh, entropy, and all these big things. And then there are the human conditions, or the human-centric ones, which are more like the fact that we're born ignorant, it takes so long for us to grow, that we require all these fuels uh, and emotional support and information and everything else to make us human. Now, when you add all these uh, human conditions together, you get a, a kind of, they lead us into three, three dimensions or three focuses, which is for us to uh, become the best people we can be 
and to create a better society. So basically focused on ourselves, uh, on self-control, self-development, and societal development. And if you understand that, that's where we can find the meaning of life, because the meaning of life then becomes to make your life meaningful or to find a meaning into your life, to create a meaningful life. Those are three different ways to say the same idea. Because if you literally have to make yourself and make choices and, and have the society help you, it is all about you making yourself into the being that you want to be. And this, this whole world is a training ground to help ingrain and test us, ingrain certain uh, key understandings and ways of being within us, but also a testing ground and a training ground to see if we can live up to the ideas of choice because we have free will within this containment of this universe uh, that will determine our fate. And it's not only an individual test. This is a, a test of humanity together because we're not just here alone. Everything is determined upon yourself. It's also determined on the, the society around us. So we as people have to be working to become the best people we can be as well as uh, building a better world. And honestly, I find that all the solutions and problems of the world are all basically found in the same place. Right? I have to ask you, oh, Andrew, though, the, the tricky thing right now in my so what I'm witnessing, what I'm observing and seeing is that we live in a time where we want it and we want it like five seconds ago. You know, there's, I mean, patience, what is that? You know, I think that maybe we're at seven seconds, people, the bandwidth they have to maintain their attention on something. So everyone's trying to figure out ways to market and do things so they can capture people's attention and sort of an inundation of information. And so, you know, we're constantly strategizing because we want to reach people. You know, we really want to, you know, get the word out and help people to make this shift, this pivotal time. But what I'm noticing is such a lack of patience. And if I look to, as I do often when I'm looking for answers to the to the animal kingdom or nature, and I look at most babies when they come into the world, most, you know, young animals, they, you know, horses, for example, I grew up on a horse ranch. Um, it's not long before they're walking, you know, they're born, they pop out and up they yeah. go, you know, and it's like, this is not something that we see in the human realm, which is very no. interesting to observe. And, and I was at the lake the other day and a one year old, you know, still after 12 months, still wobbly. And I have to think that we're living in such a paradoxical time that makes it very difficult when it, we're being asked to have temperance and patience and be grounded and be patient, which is really what it requires to, to unify um, and to go into some spiritual principles you speak about. And yet, you know, it's working against us, the fact that we live in this McDonaldization of culture. So what do right. you, I mean, I really would love to hear your perspective on that, Andrew. Sure. Well, let's let's go to the foundation of what the way is. And it really goes to the heart of what you're talking about. The way is living rational, positive action. So it's about, and this is a solution that everybody needs to have. If you don't have these four traits to whatever you're looking for for your life, you're going to be missing something. It's living because it's something you have to live. You literally have to do it all the time. Uh, it's living rational because it's got to be reasonable and logical and emotionally satisfying and holistic to fit your whole life, customizable to everybody. It's living rational positive because it's about integrating virtue into your life. And this idea of virtue is what human beings call the, you know, the highest traits that we admire and the things that you were mentioning, like patience and dedication and unity and whatever it may be. All of those traits are what virtues are. So it's living rational, positive action now, with a virtue, you have to take actions to make it real. So the virtues of, let's say, being punctual requires you to leave on time, set reminders. Uh, the, the virtue of being healthy requires you to have a good eating and sleeping plan, a fueling plan, and all the rest. 
So the idea here is for you as a human being, for us to raise our kids properly with these virtues ingrained within them will allow them to concentrate more. Like you said, what we don't have is a way for all of humanity to kind of get on the same page when, in regard to these uh, foundations of life and integrate them in. And that's what the way is all about. It's about integrating all of these virtues into your life. So practical, how do you reach people? I've done marketing my whole life pretty much since uh, you know 1999 I started with SEO and broadened online marketing. While it's true you have seven seconds to capture somebody's attention, it doesn't mean that that's all the bandwidth they have. If you capture them, they can stay and become sticky and, and get into what you're saying. The simplification of the complex is, is really uh, part of the key. And that's what, I, what you mentioned about the way, and I think that's what other people found in the way too. And I think that has to go with my writing style in that I'm just really trying to being a dyslexic and everything else, it's literally trying to define, you know, decipher code so I can write something and make it as simple as possible so that people can digest it and understand it and then move on. Now I'm doing a lot of videos and everything else to help people get the message so it's not all, everybody has to read the book. The idea is to get the basics out there, living rational positive action. I follow the way, I uh, respect life, I treat people as I wanna be treated as equals and understanding what those core values all mean will change the way that you act in life. So you have to start somewhere and to reach people, you need to grab them with something and then bring them in. And it takes time. But I believe that once we have a movement like the one movement and one party, and we can rally around these ideals mm -hmm. that it will become more and more uh, prevalent in society. Just look at Google for a second. Uh, Google was nothing in 1999. It wasn't until when shows started saying and people started saying, I Googled it, I Google it, and they paid money, big money for people to start saying that, that it became a common household name. The same thing can happen with our movement in the way is to get to break through is to have people do something like that. Whereas I, I follow the way. What, what is the solutions? Well, it's in the way. I follow the way. And once people kind of rally around these ideas of living rational, positive action, of treating people as you want to be treated and all the rest, that we can actually create a different world. And I want to say this, that the way is complete. We talked about some of the spiritual stuff, but there was practical, literal, you know, write down uh, how you're going to fix yourself and integrate virtues into your literal day. And it walks you through on how to do that, as well as how to fix our society, how to deal with power, how to deal with uh, all the rest of the... Uh, aspects, business and everything else to make it work for us instead of against us. We talked about the true society and what we're all really trying to do. And mm -hmm. the true society is a really powerful idea because throughout all of human history, you can look at all of the uprisings, all of humanity's fights for equality and environmental justice and everything else that we always stand up and fight for is really about humanity trying to create a world and a society that can help everybody become their best and create a society that is uh, at one with nature in the world. So we just have people, like you said, that are corrupted, that haven't been raised correctly or missing some pieces, but we can help them. You know, they, I've talked to people, you, you, I've seen murderers, like gang members change. I've seen hmm. KKK members who, who wanted to hate everybody are now trying to change the KKK people and showing them their loss. So, we just can't give up on these people. We can't be yelling at them and pointing their finger. It's just going to make them, you know, go away. We need to show them how to do these, uh, make these changes and make, make a better world. 
And Often the trauma is where the light gets in, right? Um, <laughs> but I love how you, you touched on the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. My dad used to say, um, which was, you know, now I'm starting to realize, wow, my dad got really smart all of a sudden. <laughs> but he used to say, pray for wisdom and patience. Nobody ever prays for it. So there's lots of it to go around. Uh -huh. And your book has it in spades, as do you, Andrew. It's an absolute pleasure meeting you. And um, I, I look forward to um, co-creating and collaborating with you at some level. I'm thinking flash mob dance about the way <laughs> yeah. so i'll pass it off to there's so to many Steve. ways yeah let me just Thanks. say this uh for what you just said uh there's so many ways and so many leaders this isn't about me okay mm -hmm. i wish mm -hmm. i were uh you know all things to all people but i can't be but we as a group can be there mm -hmm. you know with ever within every organization there can be many leaders this isn't a uh let me just say this the pyramid structure structure where there's one person at the top and everybody else is lowly and at the bottom is wrong. The idea is a pyramid. The bottom is the foundation. You wouldn't even have people at the top. And I don't think that's a big lie anyways. I think the real way to look at any organization is more like an engine where you have all these different pieces and parts that have to work together to really make it run correctly. And so for the one movement, the one party, there's going to be I hope to God, many, many great leaders out there are helping to spread this positive message that we can all rally around because it's it's really time. Okay. Amen, brother. May the force be with you. It, it's yes. really nice connecting with you. And thank, thank you, you, Grace, for inviting me to, to have this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Andrew, uh, pleasure to be here. And um, the one party just sounds amazing because uh, our group, goes down the rabbit hole pretty far and we know there's a lot of Helgelian dialectic and programs of divide and conquer everywhere from you know the gender confusion to the left and the right the blood the blue and the red and um mm -hmm. so you know I a while back I had to think about you know I often tell people I'm neither Democrat nor Republican I'm human so you know I always <laughs> exactly. thought of it as the human party exactly uh, exactly um, but for common law, for Roy, I would say the living man and the living woman party, because uh, there's there's a there's a play on words that is deceptive as well. But that's a, that's something we'll cover in another thing. I, you know, I spent a lot of time with uh, Tony Robbins and stuff. And your title of this book, it hit me. It was like, whew. it was like almost like a release. It's like the way. And I saw it's a three part. It's like three books in one. Uh, you know, I don't, I haven't read it, but, um, and it just seems like, you know, um, I'm definitely going to get it and read it, but you know, there's a couple of things I'm going to ask a few questions sure. in your book. Do you, in this time, there's a, there's almost a, like in the new age movement, a thing where like the universe doesn't have your back. Like there's a, there's a false light concept that, you know, uh, you know, don't don't open yourself up to uh, entities that are going to you know mislead you and this that and the other. So, but I've also heard you know living by faith and and allowing and uh, trusting and uh, amazing things happen, synchronicities and you know where have you seen that in your life? I've had an interesting life in the fact that I've been through a lot of trauma. I often prayed and wondered why I had to go through so much. I mean, I'm talking being you know, having dyslexia, learning disabilities, half blind, I wore a patch as a kid, being bullied relentlessly, uh, being in car accidents where I couldn't walk for many, many years. I've had so many near-death experiences. It's, it's sickening. So many fights, uh, so many people ripping me off, lying to me, cheating me, you know, just, and I, I realized, I think it was in my 30s, I was laying in 
bed broken, uh, couldn't literally walk. I was crawling to the bathroom and broke down crying and, uh, you know, praying to God and just like, why? And this really goes back every time I, I think about these things to when I was a kid and I was really traumatized. Um, I, I was almost drowned one time by this group of boys. And when I was probably five years old or something, and I lost it like I had never lost it before, screaming, crying, running, you know, just trying to escape. And um, there was a moment there where something inside me just kind of separated and I could see myself. Like as a kid, you just are yourself, but I could see myself losing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, it was this piece that just kept saying to me, you're going to be okay. Just keep going. Keep going. And I finally got to a place where somebody heard me, some adult, and they came in and rescued me. Um, but when I was a child, then I used to have these dreams. I don't know if you remember Casper the ghost, anybody uh, who's like this bully ghost kid looking for friends. I felt that way. So I have these dreams where I was with Casper all the time. And I this one repeatedly. And there's some dreams that I have that are so unbelievably real. Like you wake up and you remember everything like it was real life. You're all sweaty. Uh, this was one of those. And I had it over and over again. And it was I was standing in front of these gates. I'm going to do this kind of fast. I've done this on other shows, but I always want to tell this story because it was so meaningful to me. Um, there were these large gates. I was, right, let me just start back. Casper brought me to this place and I didn't know where we were going. And he's like, just stand here. So I'm standing in front of this wonderful gate. There's walls, but it's, there's this like vines and flowers growing over it. And all of humanity is standing around me, but they're in another phase. Like they're not like real, like I am. They're like ghosts, like, like Casper's kind of faded out. And we're all standing there, but everybody's standing in the place I am, but they're all around us, if that makes any sense. So God walks out of these gates. And I say that, and I'm a kid, so I'm influenced by the Judeo-Christian uh, God. So God, in this sense, is an old man, but he's buff. I mean, he is so buff, and he's wearing uh, overalls. He walks out, and everybody's freaking out around him. Like, people are dropping to their knees. They're screaming. They're, they're, they're turning around because they're just blown away. And I'm standing there, and God asks me, he's like, are you not afraid? And I say, should I be afraid? <laughs> and, I, and he laughs, and I laugh. Anyways, we go inside this these gates and we walk in through this garden and it is by far the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Anywhere you turn is like the most beautiful scene or bird and sun coming through butterflies and whatever it may be. Anyways, we make our way to this uh, bench and we're sitting there and we're talking and I get realized my sister has had many operations by this point. She's almost died. She's got kidney issues and uh, we're in the uh, Detroit and literally like people are burning down the town. And I, we, you know, we live in this, uh, in a black area. We're white, obviously. And our, we love our neighbors. We're running food in and out. My parents to bring baby food and supplies because they're white, they can leave and come back. And, uh, you know, one of our neighbors is sitting on our porch with a shotgun guarding us. I mean, it's a big, big deal. And I think all of this really affected me because I'm being bullied and my sister's almost dying, all this trauma. And I'm like, why is all this happening? You know, why are you doing this to us? And God's like, I'm not doing this to you. Your humanity's doing it to yourselves. I'm not here to, this isn't heaven. This isn't a place to just have it be perfect and you to be all puppets. This is a challenge. I would rather, and again, this goes back to something later in my life, but God would rather rip your arm off and teach you a lesson of humility and uh, what it is to feel sympathy and empathy for somebody than let you go through life without that. Humanity's trauma that we see in the world right now is designed to help us wake up to fix it 
And there's so many people that are awake right now. We're so connected and we have the resources. We have the people if we could just unite in the right way to get this done. I mean, just think about this for a second. Look at all the super billionaire people in the world. What are they doing? You know what I'm saying? It's like, let's go to space. Let's uh, do this, do that, do that. We need some real basic solutions figured out, like water. Let's figure out how to water the world with clean water, right? I mean, uh, ending all the pollution, cleaning up the plastic, alternatives to plastic. I could go on and on and on, but why aren't these problems being like the, the world focused on fixing them, like think tanks and you know Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and uh, Bezos and all these people are like, yeah, let's, let's fund these things in schools. Let's put an online course. Let's free education for everybody. Why isn't that being done? You know what I'm saying? We can't build a better world if people are unhealthy and uneducated. So why not make that a priority? <clears throat> like I said, we're just not focused in the right way. So for me, it's all about us kind of joining together and you mentioned Tony Robbins. I listen to Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and you know all the faiths throughout the worlds I've studied. I've studied everything. And the problem that I find is that it's not simple. So many times they get distracted. Like I, I honestly think sometimes these people just want to create more and more content for you to devour so they can make more money instead of giving you a simple solution that you can integrate in your life and live, then you won't need them anymore. I want you to integrate all the solutions in your life so you don't need to read the way anymore. I want you to have this knowledge. If we teach some of this in schools and integrate it into our kids, we can just live it. I don't know how many people I've talked to in their 30s and 40s and 50s are going, wow, I just learned how to breathe correctly. I just learned how to eat correctly. I learned how to sleep correctly in my 40s. How sad is that? Imagine if you had that as a child and you grew up, what kind of world we'd live in. Again, I can go on and on, but I think you get the point here. We have to mm. be able to unite around some key principles if this is going to work. Yeah. Well, then you give a lot of hope because uh, I'm quite cynical, you know, knowing what I know and how far back this goes. So, you know, um, getting, you know, getting one billion people in, in the one party is it is is doable and would frickin change the world. So, uh, you know, in there's a there's a a few threads I've read through spirituality that there's there's a universal law and it's don't harm another being. You can look at the Ten Commandments. Maybe maybe those are laws, but there's really one or two. Don't hurt another. Don't harm another being physically, emotionally, mentally. And don't don't commit theft. And you know what those two in my eyes, those two laws really come down to is respecting yourself and respecting people around you. It's really the same thing. And yeah. that's what's really going to change the world when people stop looking at authority figures and accepting them to, to run their lives. When people stop, you know, trusting everything and, and start, you know, and start to question uh, who they are, why they're here, uh, what their rights are and, 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 and what we as a, as a group, a collective um, are, are, you know, can accomplish. But the yeah. problem is, you know, we know that there's programming and that the human beings, a biological computer you know, input in is, is uh, out, you know, behavior output. So, you know, we're up against a lot of odds, but you, like I said, you do give me incredible hope that it's, it's very simple, but if, if we can get people to join this party, that, that could just really, you know, check a lot of boxes in and of yeah. itself. Well, let me just speak to that for a second. Um, when I outlined the steps on how to peacefully force positive change, I talked about different types of groups. When we join together, there is the group of the rich and the famous that if they join within the one party, they can help accelerate this. For instance, 
if you have celebrities that are uh, super famous, like Kanye West, let's say, or even Bill Gates, if they join the one movement and start to say, yeah, I follow the way, we're working on this, all of their followers then will also join potentially or see it. It's very difficult for the have-nots. This is, I don't know why, it's like, like I said, for some reason, in the last five years of me doing this, I've lost everything. I'm now um, living in my uh, family's house, take care of my, my mom, she's got health issues, my dad passed away. Uh, you know, the bills are incredible when you're dealing with medical here in the United States, a $98,000 medical bill for two days going to the hospital and things like that. So I'm under the gun trying to get this out there. And I, I know this has all happened to me. And again, all the traumas I've been through is because I'm very independent. I would really just do this myself. So we need to do it as people. So I'm, I'm needing to unite with people like you and the others to really make this stuff happen. Um, you know, I always find it, how do I say this? When I talk to people that are a bit lost and the people like, like Bill Gates, let's say, I know a lot of people have problems with Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. I think sometimes that we're really hard on them, but if you were them, you would be lost too because you don't have this center uh, core belief system, like you said, and, and you're not focused on what the real point of you being here is. So if we can help them, you know, it's like, how do I say this? Wouldn't it be better to help McDonald's become a good company selling healthy food than it is to try to replace McDonald's, like build your own franchise? You know how long that would take? So it's like if we can somehow get these energy companies, getting the, uh, the super rich and famous to help us, this will be magnified and go so much faster um, than it ever could before. And as far as the laws go, you know, uh, treating people as equals and as you would want to be treated covers not stealing and not treating people badly and all the rest of the issues. I actually outline it deeply in the book. I go down and lists of what, what this all means. And th those 10 commandments, like you said, are contained within there, the eightfold path, uh, pretty much every spiritual underlaying virtue is contained within the way. And I'm not saying that again, like this is Andrew's way. This is humanity's way. This isn't, I, what I discovered wasn't something for me. It was like, oh, this is how humanity does it. I was deep into Freud. I, I'll, let me just tell you this quick story. I was so deep into Freud and Jung and Skinner and all these guys <laughs> talking about how we change ourselves and all of this. And I was reading Freud and how, how he does all these different uh, uh, sessions with people. And, and it, it occurred to me that everybody that makes it through is all about their belief systems. Right. It, when it comes down to it, it's what you believe will allow you to overcome these things. So what are the core beliefs you need to do it? And that's what I put into the way. Yeah. The problem is most people's belief systems uh, aren't their own. They're given to them. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Edward Bernays is uh, one of the biggest culprits of um, divide and conquer and, pro mo mo you know, programming the masses. He's the nephew of Freud um, from, you know, the late 1800s and the early 1900s. And. Um, I guess a question I want to ask is, do you, is it important? Do you think it's important for people to realize that they're being lied to and deceived by, by people and authority figures and by the government and, you know, by, you know, uh, in some ways wars and patriotism, you know, which I, which I want to keep because to me, the new world order is, has been, is, you know, for centuries or millennia have been trying to destroy, uh, patriotism and individuality and, and, you know, any any kind of progress of the human spirit 
and humanity uh, as as it as as a whole anywhere they will stomp it out no matter what and you know but i think sometimes in order to to take responsibility for your life um you have to see the deception you have to know you're being duped you have to know you're being played do you think that's a, a part of the of the you know elevation of humanity or it's not necessary well there's two parts of that one is we need to crowd out the bad leaders with the good leaders so by people embracing uh, certain key principles and getting those people out there, we'll do that. Uh, and we raise better people, it'll naturally create a better world. But as far as people, it's like, how do I say this? One of the, again, the way and everything I'm doing right now, I'm literally just started. This book came out in December of last year. Uh, this is a cornerstone of a much bigger project. Many systems I'm trying to build. One of them is a new news network that we need to have, like of the people, for the people type of news that covers different stories that we wanna know about, not that the reporters wanna say and all the rest. There's a lot of nuances here, but within this uh, news organization, I wanna have a clearinghouse of truth and falseness. And I don't wanna make it like it is, like now, like with the vaccines, right? If you're, it's like, oh, if, you're, if you have any questions, oh, you're stupid, you're an anti-vaxxer, you should be dismissed. And it's like this fight. Why not just like have it out in, in calm, legitimate conversations and list out all the arguments and go through them and really find the solutions. And if there is no solutions, if there's competing, then we can work on it. It doesn't have to be this, you're wrong, you're stupid type of argument all the time. And again, that's very male, very junior mentally, uh, you know, what do I say, junior high school type mentality of, of, a, of a male. And you can see the bullies who are not corrected as children uh, grow up in our society and create a lot of problems. And a lot of times the bullies, this a personality person that isn't corrected becomes a leader because they kind of push their way in and uh, because of the way systems are set up right now anyways, they are able to game the system to gain power. So what you're talking about is exposing this wrongness. And my studies seem to seem to be if you point your finger all the time, you're not gonna get anywhere. You need to show the way to the goodness. So instead of always playing the game of fighting and pointing and showing what's wrong, we need to show what's right. We need to show the way to go and move them there and just forget about this stupid game. A lot of the people that are dividing us want us to fight them. That's the whole point. That's us versus them. If you stop fighting, then they have know where to go with that. And you say, I'm sorry, you're so lost, sir, uh, that you want to play these games and divide us and lie and cheat and mislead. Mm. We're going to go this other way. And God bless you. I, I want to help everybody. That's the thing, too. If you do this out of love, like Trump in America or a Biden or whoever you hate the most, wouldn't you want them to wake up and become a better leader than it is to uh, fight all the time? And the idea in America, just to, just to touch on the one party for a second, the whole idea of the one party, and this will be a global a party. There's a movement and a party. So the movement's fighting for all the rights and all these different issues. The party is a literal political party. And if you only have two parties like we have in the United States, it's us versus them. It's like a team sport thing. You know sports mentality in the United States. It doesn't matter how bad your team is. You will be out there in the middle of winter going, yeah, we love our team, right? And that's what's happened in the United States. Red, blue teams, uh, this whole mentality has got to shift. And the only way we can shift it is to have a third party that breaks the stalemate. Just think about it in the Senate. If we just had 20 people, nothing could get done if it didn't go through us. 
right? And if our party is about integrating all virtue and true solutions and focusing on what the government should be doing and doing it correctly, then all the bills, everything that's going to be done is going to be done correctly. And again, we got a lot of things to fix. I'm not saying this is an overnight type of thing, but we have to start somewhere. And this is the only solutions that I have been able to find. And if you have other ones, better ones, please share it with me. I'll integrate it. Uh, we'll move that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, I'll do my best to, you know, get your name out there, get the book out there and, and get you get you on the board. Um, you know, I think what you kind of, you could sum up what you said with, uh, you know, instead of telling people about the deception, what it really is about knowledge. Um, because my brother has, you know, stage four prostate cancer, and I've given him all the knowledge about the pharmaceutical industry and what chemotherapy is and about what disease is. And I'm, I'm a bit of a healer, uh, uh, something I've been studying for a long time. And it totally put him at ease, this knowledge. And it, it elevated him, and he was able to make better decisions, be out of fear, and, um, and he's going through it now, and he's on the protocol that, you know, the nutrition protocol, and he's, he's, he's already eliminated, you know, a good part of the, uh, the, the cancer. But he's, he wouldn't have been able to do that without the knowledge. Um, it's all about knowledge. And it's all about, like you said, kind of getting rid of the confusion and focusing on what is real. And I think that's that's our challenge as humanity as we enter this new age of digital information where there's so much. And I think that what's interesting to me is I, I started at the very beginning of this, so I've seen it kind of evolve. You know, it was, it was wonderful, and now we're all like kind of down on it, right? It's like, wow, social media, everything is kind of negative. Why is this this? And we're trying to fix it. That spark of humanity is what makes us so wonderful. You know, it's like, how do I say this? It's like, without our conscience and our ability uh, to want to improve and morality, what would we be? <laughs> you know what I mean? We'd be a horrible race. It's like, uh, you know, some insect race just devouring the world and without caring. The problem that we have is that, like you said, so many of us that are in power uh, get distracted and corrupted, but you can't hate them for that. I always feel sorry for them. If you If you can't feel sorry for the people that have been lost and corrupted, then I think that that's the problem, that we got to start there. You can't start with hate. You got to start with love. And if you could look at everybody and go, what happened to Bill Gates that is making him or Jeff Bezos making him go to space instead of working on the world problems? Do you want to hate this guy? Or do you want to help him? You know, and I always look at everybody as a kid. It's like I feel bad for somebody growing up and becoming some hateful murderer are twisted to the point where they just are spewing out lies and everything else, but they don't even think they are. You know what I'm saying? So we need to mm. help these people. And the only way to help them is again, not pointing out all the wrongness, but showing them the rightness. Uh, it's like a kid when you're trying to help them become better people or correcting a bully, you could say, you did that wrong. You did that wrong. What you really want to do is go, how would you feel if that was done to you? And, they need to start to feel this in their head like, oh, if this were me, I, I wouldn't want that. And I, I just to play on that a little bit more, if you've ever been in a fight with a bully and you beat the bully up, there's this idea of the bully beatdown. You beat up the bully and all of a sudden they want to be your friend. I have had that happen to me so many times, I can't even tell you. So it's, it's this idea of the bully understanding the feeling of being you know, put upon, but then the idea of mercy being given to them that will help them become better people. 
And I think the same thing, the reason there's so much badness in the world, and it's almost like God is like crushing us. Do you not, do you not like this? You don't like this, do you? You don't like this. Do you want it to stop? Well, all you have to do is put your hand here and we just won't put our hand there or four, five of us do. And then a hundred people don't. And there's, you know, these other leaders that are trying to stop us all from joining hands. So as a, as humanity, this is our greatest challenge, right? We can't just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. We have to find something that we can unify around. And this idea of treating people as you want to be treated, respecting life, equality. And let me just speak on equality, if I could, for one second, because I know people all around are, are hearing this. I'm doing a video on this. I've done a lot of different videos you can watch on all of these topics we're talking about. But this one, religion and science agree on this point of equality, okay? For uh, religion, everybody knows that God created everything and everybody, so that's one people. For science, we share 99.9% .9 of our DNA. So for science, we're all one species, one person, one race. There's not separate races. Uh, and the problem isn't that there we have separate races or anything like that. The problem is that some of us are being brought up and learning hatred and prejudice and discrimination. We have legacy systems riding, literally rising out of slavery, oppression, destruction of our world, and all these other problems. So I guess what I'm saying is I find the greatest hope sometimes in the worst positions because there is nobody I've ever talked to living in a horrible place that doesn't see the wrongness. The only people that don't seem to see the wrongness are the super rich who live these false lives of everything they ever want. They have no direction. And it's those people that are in power that don't work on the problems that are the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, we don't people think they know who Bill Gates is, but they don't know that he's a generation. He comes from a, a line, a bloodline, generational belief system that we know nothing about. I mean, we can speculate and it may not be the same kind of belief system that, you know, is good or, or we're all or we're all brought up with. So I think that also leads to, you know, don't look for saviors. You know, you are the light that is coming to save you. And I actually you know, say this in the book. I say we are we are the superhero we're looking for. We as humanity united. We are the superhero. Yeah. I mean, in the spark of divinity in us. Yeah. I mean. I'm not going biblical, but literally, if you take all the layers of fear off, that that can expand. And, you you know, when you're the absence of fear is love and power. And, you know, so, I mean, I, I we're all the children of God, the spark, this, this yeah. idea of us being made in the image of God. We're all the children of God. You read all the different faiths throughout all of human history, and they all have the same thread in there. So, yeah. It's you know, a matter of respect. I mean, respect for your elders, respect for other people, respect for yourself. Um, it's about choices. And, you know, just because everyone else is doing something, if everyone else is breaking storefronts and taking things, it doesn't mean you should. And no. it's, you know, as soon as you stop going with the crowd, a lot of things can happen. I want to just really, before I pass on to Grace, touch sure. on, you know, the two-party system, people don't realize that it, the Republican-Democrat system is a Jesuit divide-and-conquer mechanism. And, um, you know, this Council on Foreign Relations, people don't know, most people don't know, was started in 1917 when we didn't join the League of Nations. And it was deliberately created by the Rockefellers to um, create the UN, create the CIA, to infiltrate and control U.S. Uh, policy from, from behind the curtain. But it was also to accelerate the, um, the two-party system. 
and through stuff from Edward Bernays, who's the the, the nephew of uh, um, Freud and Nazi mind control, uh, MK Ultra stuff. Uh, you know, they've given the public a choice of vanilla or chocolate. And if you just think of that, you know, if you go to Baskin Robbins and, and they say, hey, you know, all we have is vanilla or chocolate, you're going to freaking run a riot, right? So, you know, my point is most people don't realize both parties are the same party. They're, they're, they're different. They're wearing different jerseys but playing for the same team. And that's the Council on Foreign Relations. So people should look into that. And on the other side of the pond, it's the Fabian Society and everything else that comes with that and the Wellcome Group and the Chatham House. And this all goes back to Karl Marx, Marxism, Jesuit. I mean, it goes, this is millennia old stuff, centuries old stuff. And, yeah. and this is just something I'm saying now because it's, it's part of understanding how the, people are led into these two different parties to support a team at all costs and they stop thinking. And that's all I want to say. Yeah, and just to speak to that for a second, I actually talk about the idea of fracturing and how any organizations, whether it be spiritual or political, can be ending up being run by the fanatical people. And it's it's because, especially the older the organization, if you think about it, the, the people that end up the leaders of an organization are the ones that are really, really into it, right? I mean, uh, leaders of the church, the people are super into the church, right? They become the leaders. And sometimes what happens is those people's beliefs become fractured. They're not you know, part of the whole party belief, they just pick a small group of it and that's what they highlight. You can see that happen with faith all the time. Um, and in our parties, a lot of times like the right, if you go too far, you end up in dictatorship. On the left, you go too far and you end up in communism. The true society that we're trying to build is a balance between government, business, and the people. There is no, you can't have government doing everything, supplying all the services and business. You can't have business doing it either. Both of those systems have been tried and failed. They end up with exploitation and destruction of people's lives like we've never seen before. The only way to do it is to find the right balance. And like business in our world right now is out of control and it has been for so long. It's always been like, no, we're totally separate. It's just business. We get to destroy the world and everybody's lives. That's what the point of business is. No, that's the point of evil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Point of business is to solve, so, uh, be part of solutions and, and to, uh, make better lives. If you're not taking care of the world and the people and you're all about money, you're not running a true company. You're running an exploitation machine. So yeah. again, if we could get into this idea of, uh, sharing some fundamental beliefs on what a true business is and what a government entity as individuals should be doing every day, every minute of our lives to become the best people we can be, how we can integrate within the society to truly make a difference, what it is we can do every single day. Like I said, you mentioned a billion people. Just imagine if a billion people, uh, just a quarter of them or half of them donated a dollar a month and clicked on a petition. And then a group of them here and there would join a movement where we'd say, go, let's boycott this organization in the way I described within the book. We can facilitate change so fast. I'm talking within years, we would be in a totally different world. So for me, while there is great destruction, there is also great hope. I don't know why it is always the have nots who have to stand up and show people what's wrong. You know, it's like, like slavery. You look at all the, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. But the Underground Railroad, you know, this ex-slave woman is making this system to free slaves. And it's just like you look throughout history. It's always like that. It's like, where yeah. are the super rich people railroad of freeing slaves? <laughs> you know what I mean? But why isn't that mm -hmm. part of the history? Um, it's always like they have nots. 
I think that's part of the problem that we have, that it's always the have-nots, and the have-nots don't have enough, you know, to really make these changes, and they don't know what to do. And if you look at, like, the, the George Floyd uh, killing that happened, um, if you respect people, like you said, treat people as you wouldn't want to be treated and see them as equal, that could never have happened. People yes. rise up because they're angry, like the, the civil rights movement in, in the 60s, the civil rights movements now. What has changed? I mean, people that live in horror and poverty get pissed off. And you can't just be like, well, just shut up and don't break. Don't get mad. God forbid you should scream and yell. You know what I mean? They're not doing it right as far as they need to join with the police. I outline this. I, I'm doing a video on it right now. Um, it's not about segregating. It's about bringing in people. And that's the, why all of these freedom movements have never worked is because they keep making it an us versus them conflict. Um, but the whole point here is that if we as humanity uh, were, could just see each other as family, we would all want to fix these problems in the world. And we all know that any small group of people, even one person with a gun can go ruin our lives. Right. So we don't really want to leave anybody behind. We don't want any country in this world to fail. We want them to evolve and become better because if they fail, fail, then you end up with people fleeing and horror and, you know, camps. I mean, just look what's happening in our border. All the countries in South America, not maybe not all of them, but most of them have some severe corruption problems. Right. They have over many, many years. America could have been helping them become strong democracies, ending corruption. But we've destroyed them, you know what I mean, a lot of ways. So if we change the way that we behave in the world, all of us, uh, it'll change the world. I mean, that's the only way it can happen is individuals mm -hmm. uh, making a better world. It's gotta, it can't start on the fringes. It's got to start in the center. It's got, we can't create a better world without creating better people. We can't become better people unless we all are on the same page when it comes to some of the foundations of life. And then we need an organization and a way to actually make these changes happen. So that's where the way the one movement and party come in. And again, I'm just starting. I know this is in its, you know, infancy. The the website page for the one party and movement are barely there. But that's the beauty of this. We can build this together. You know that we're starting something that is about all of humanity. And um, I need you. I need everybody. So does that make gotcha. sense? Awesome. Well. Great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for everything you're doing. And here's Grace. Hi, Grace. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much um, you, for everything that you're sharing with us and your books and your efforts. And because we all, I know that we all share the same thought that um, there's power in collaboration. There's power in numbers. Um, of massive numbers, but the truth is there's also power with small numbers. And that's very obvious right now that's happening, you know, and, you know, because it's just a handful of, or less than maybe a hundred, less than 50 people who are controlling the whole world as of now. And they are obviously very powerful because they were able to master master everything that they could do to just kind of like you know put everything on our head so but we all share what you're saying in and even spiritual leaders have always said about on the one be on the one be on the one and lately most of our guests have been saying also that 
we have to really come together. Now, your message will strongly resonate to those who are now getting aware that we've been lied to for centuries. So, but for those who cannot, it's just kind of like so tricky. So my first question is, when you type said seven revolutionary steps, were you thinking of absolute step-by-step step or like linear approach or can it be multi-spherical, multi-dimensional? Because we are all so different as well. Sure. Well, I actually discussed that in the book. Uh, it's seven steps. When you get to the very last step, it's about perfecting everything. And part of the idea of perfection is to continually improve. So it is a circular process. You're always going to refine your life and be become a better person. It's seven steps because it literally takes you through like the very idea, the very first step, first three steps, kind of gets you all, everybody on the same, on the true path. And again, while we're all very different, we're not. Okay, we're human beings. We are uh, sharing everything that you can imagine. You need to eat. You need to have emotional support. You want great relationships. You need a great society. All the basics that you need in your life, everybody needs. So I account for the fact that we're all different, but I think that that's the point that I think that the divisionists and we say people have lied to us. I think a lot of the lies have just been people didn't know. You know what I mean? They, it took me 30 years to figure this stuff out. And I'm talking major, major research and, uh, you know, thousands of hours of trying to understand something and epiphany after epiphany laid on epiphany to come up with this idea of living rational positive action or the, the 10 laws that are in the book, uh, the seven steps. So... The whole idea is that, again, there are a few, like I said, I say the same thing, 50, 100, whatever people that are in control of the world that are kind of ruining it. I don't know that they're doing it on purpose, some of them. I think some of them are doing it because they don't know. They're also trapped in a system to where, you know, like I've talked to enough uh, owners of corporations, I own a corporation, uh, to know that there are, especially the bigger the corporation, the more hemmed in you are. You, you have to go for profit or they'll just fire you. You know what I mean? You have to do certain things. Otherwise you're, you're failing company. And that's because the way that our system is set up, right? We need to change the way we judge companies, the way that we look at the world. And these people can't just do it themselves because they just get crushed. It's like, you know, if, if Roy and I talked about this, if, if you're not corrupt, but everybody else in your industry is, and they're all paying bribes and doing all these backhand deals and everything, and you're not, you're not going to get the deals. <laughs> you're not going to get the contracts to be able to go and, and stay in business. But again, if everybody kind of joined together and say, okay, we're going to stop this corruption thing and then worked on crushing the companies who were doing it wrong, exposing them, showing why it's wrong, it would help change the world. And if the super rich and powerful that are in control of the world. Again, we don't need that many to join the one movement to make the change. What I've seen throughout history too is that, I says, like humans like to follow, like uh, look at the, the uh, right and left movement in the, in the United States. It's a really good example, how people get caught up in their team and following. So if you were actually had that same mentality and you were following something good, it could turn out to be really good. So while this, uh, while our human makeup leads us to fail sometimes, it also can lead us to our salvation because we are wanting to all join together in a community. And like you said, the problem is that we have leaders that are lying to us, misleading us, 
the problem is I can't, when I look at these leaders, honestly, I sometimes I can't tell if they know that they're lying, misleading, or if they actually believe what they're saying. And there's two different types of people there because one person, if you know you're, you're doing this to lie, mislead and cheat to gain power and everything else to then take and then you're evil, right? You fall into the dark side. If you, if you're doing this thinking you're doing good, I just had this conversation yesterday with uh, one of the people I'm coaching. It's like, you look at uh, Germany, right? Um, the rise of Hitler. Hitler didn't walk around saying, uh, we're part of the dark side, we're evil, we want to destroy humanity and control everybody. And that's not what he was talking about, right? And the same thing in America or anywhere in the world, all the autocrats, they use the good people words, they say all the things everybody wants to hear, and then they do the opposite. They lie, they mislead, they cheat, they you know, do all these backroom deals and all the rest that we're not supposed to know about. That whole mentality has got to end. Okay, we as humanity has got to stand up and start living to more of our morality. And what I'm finding is most of the world, everybody I've traveled, I've talked to people, we all know all of this, right? It's just like, then we're all like, well, why is the world the way it is if we all want clean air, clean water, good education, all these things? It's because like you said, we have these 50 to 100 people that keep ruining it for everybody. The problem is too, that those people, like uh, Steve said, I believe that, they're being raised by families that are teaching them certain belief systems that are leading them astray. And that is true with all of humanity. And that's why I put the 10 laws in here. Like I said, respecting life, treating people as you want to be treated and seeing everybody as equals and knowing what those really, really mean would solve most of the problems in the world. And those are only three of the 10 laws. And like you said, clarity also makes a big difference. And that's where if you know what your purpose is, you know what you should be doing every day, you know what the meaning of life is, you know how to structure your day to become the best person you can be, you know how to integrate all the virtues in your life. All of this creates so much clarity. And once you start living it, when you're, when you're healthier, your, your mind is clear, you, you have peace of mind, uh, life becomes better. It doesn't matter, matter where you are in life, you can do this. I've been to the point where I've wanted to kill myself. You know, I mean, where I was so down because of you know my upbringing and being called stupid and mocked and everything my whole life. It was really, really challenging. But you can't give up on yourself. You know, you're special. I don't care where you are in life. I've talked to criminals where literally they were murderers who have changed their lives. KKK members where now they're trying to spread uh, unity and peace. So this is what gives me hope. You know, it's like it doesn't have to be this way, but it can change. Because change happens in a second. You go from being a hateful human being to realizing we're all equal and the whole world is different now. And that's just that one instant, right? It may take you 20 years to get to that instant, but it's still an instant. And that instant can happen at any moment. So I, I feel challenged you know, right now, but I, I still am very hopeful. And I, I think that once we get to a a certain level where we have this kind of set up and it's rolling, it's going to create more and more momentum, more and more hope, more and more clarity. And we're just going to grow and grow and grow. It's just getting the ball rolling is the hardest part. And uh, to your point, again, it was, we say a few people, the United States and every, everything that's ever happened in the world, every great change was always started by a few people. You know, it's literally, I think a few guys sitting in a bar that started the United States, they were just complaining like, my God, these taxes are incredible. I'm sick of these, you know, red coats coming in here and treating us this way. And you know what I mean? And then they were like, well, you got a, you got a, uh, a printing press. Yeah. Let's do some flyers. Let's uh, have a meeting and boom, you know, look at what we did. So yeah. we can do that Actually, here. We can change the world. 
Yeah, and Andrew, everything you said actually is so nice that we're different because in our difference, we have so much also similarity and commonality. And just like I remember the program of the blockchain, it seems like in the beginning, wow, decentralization. But then we're really working together for a common thing, okay? So, and that, um, but I was just thinking, oh, Andrew, when you mentioned about the children of God, that works again for those who believe that they, that there is God. But now I truly believe that there is also people who believe that they are children of Satan. Okay, so it's like, okay, it, it, it's, it's too crazy. So I guess we have to know what we believe and then we carry on with that. Now then well, back to back to the children and you may you can connect this andrew okay with the children so if a children let me give you, i'll give you a scenario and then the children said um and this is real my two grandchildren said when they heard that oh we have to wear mask when we go into that store then of course one adult said i'm not going in and of course someone has to go in to buy something so i said i'm gonna go in to get things for the children and then the children said that is the rule okay so how would one how would an adult answer that what is the question when a child in this crazy situation yeah. when he when the child sees that situation some people are wearing masks some people are not wearing masks the school is like this. They're all disrupted, right? The whole generation of children. We sure. don't know what's going to be for them. Or we kind of know that there will be some challenge. What is the best answer when a child said, that is the rule? And I asked this question because you mentioned about we shouldn't be just following. But then you also mentioned that the children comes, like I think you mentioned ignorant, Whereas in my understanding as an indigenous person, they come sort of with a blank slate, but not fully blank. Maybe as human beings, we don't see it, we don't feel it, we don't know it, but definitely there's something more than that when they come. But they're dependent on us, the adults, to teach them, right? So how do we do that, that they don't end up just following? Because past six years old, we're in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And as you, as one of the people mentioned, this book is broken into three books. So the way has all seven steps and all the philosophy. The second book is the life manual, which covers the foundations of life in detail. The third book is the child and family guide. And it shows you how to integrate these ideas within the child's life, as well as gives more specific information on how to raise a child uh, with a better mind. A lot of times, like you said, we do want to follow to some degree, but you also have to know when not to follow. You need to be able to teach kids to think, uh, you know, critically, logically, as well as emotionally intelligent and all the rest. So the, the problem is like our school systems are literally, I don't know, stuck in the 1700s or something where it's like, sit down, shut up, memorize this and go home. Um, we're not really teaching them all the, I don't know all the abilities that humans have learned over the thousands of years and how to how to utilize the power of their mind uh how to do research how to think critically how to how to love learning how to how to study <laughs> you know what i mean we don't how to raise a family how to live healthy how to take care of your finances i mean there's so many things that children are not learning that would help them navigate the society better 
And again, when I talk about dealing with the fringe issues instead of the center, it's like we can we can deal with like that one instance of a kid. How do you explain this to the child uh, going into a store? I don't know your your children, but I think the general way to explain these things is that there are competing views. Some people feel like they shouldn't wear masks and some people feel like they should. But then you need to show them the science. I mean, certainly masks do prevent, you know, germs from spreading if that's what the goal is. So that idea is not contrary to uh, logic or science. I mean, that's why nurses wear masks and, you know, you wouldn't want a doctor working on you without a mask on or a dentist or whatever it is. Um, so I think there's just some common sense that we can teach our kids. I think a lot of times issues get politicized and then we don't know what's true anymore because we have this group of leaders telling us this is true and they say, no, that's all a big lie. This is true. So where is the, uh, the truth, you know, the, the arbiter of truth? And that's what we need to make. You know, we need to make this third organization that isn't a dividing organization that is actually trying to find it. You know, when I read just the vaccinations and this whole thing is a big controversy and it's just treated so horribly. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have anybody that believes in all the vaccines. It's like anybody that says anything against it, you're stupid, you're anti-vax, you're all this. And they don't even take you seriously. And the tone in their voice and everything is so dismissive. And to me, that's the problem. If you really have the truth and you're that confident in it, then break down my argument, literally line by line and show me where I'm wrong. Don't just mock me and laugh at me and tell me I'm wrong. This mRNA thing where it's hijacking cells in our body is a legitimate concern. We've all known that throughout history, uh, governments and chemical industries have lied to us. I mean, just look at DDT, for example. Nobody can go back in history if you study DDT. They were like, oh yeah, it's beautiful. Spray it on your children. Spray it everywhere. It's wonderful. Uh, asbestos, oh, it's the wonderful invention. No, these things are horrible. So we have legitimate worries and complaints and to treat us like, like those shouldn't be and to treat us like we're stupid for thinking them is, like I said, part of the problem with our society. It's this sickness of superiority that's infected everything. It's like, it's, oh, my side is better than your side. I, uh, I know the truth. You're an idiot. You know what I mean? That whole thing has just got to end. It's the sickness has infected our religions, our political parties, pretty much everything. And it's becoming us versus them. And then again, that's what the, if you look at the challenge of humanity, God didn't, God isn't the opposite of evil. Okay? God is the creator of good and evil. God is the creator of all of this. So, and again, logically God can exist because if you just look at like the creator idea, the originator of the, you know, uh, the whole idea of what I want to say, uh, the cycle, you know what I mean, of, of give and take, of, of energy, everything that was released in this universe, it had to come from somewhere. You don't have to go to Christian religion or any religion. Those are organizations that have been built up to talk around God. They are not God. The messengers are not God. The books are not God. God is separate from all of this. This is the humans trying to interpret what all this means. And as far as um, this world goes, that's the whole point to this, I think, is to help our kids grow up and become be their best people. <clears throat> But we need to be our best people to be able to do that, right? There's going to be a few generations of change. Like, uh, for example, say all the people that have kids right now, they read the way, they learn the, the manual and the child guide. They're still in their 30s and 40s or 20s, whatever it may be. They've already lived part of their life. But the children that they're raising from infancy, they get all of this best habits integrated as their way of being from birth. 
don't have to relearn all of this. When that generation then has a kid and more and more of us are on that same page, this is how the generation by generation, we can change the world. It's always the first generation of doing something like this is gonna have to sacrifice to some degree. We're gonna have to come together and do a little bit more. But four, five, six, seven generations down the road, when the way, the idea of living rational positive action, the way of constructing your day, how business should operate, how to control power and wealth and fame and all the rest of it is kind of general knowledge, right? That's how you create a better world. It's like you said, it's intelligence, it's knowledge shared among everybody. And how do we break through? The way you break through is you gather all like-minded people together, as many as you possibly can, and you start this movement, you start speaking out and showing it to people, you get more and more people and you will change the minds of those. And you don't need everybody. You know, the other thing is if some people won't change, well, they won't change. They're gonna die, we're all gonna die. So the next generation of people, maybe their children's children will learn. So it's not an end game, but we need to focus on what we can do and what we should be doing and not fighting so much about with the people that will never do. You know, because we can crowd them out. If you have enough good leaders, you know, and there's these other guys are going to be like, that guy is a divisionist. We don't want him in here. You know, there's 10 other good leaders and people will know that. So does that make sense? Uh, yes, it makes sense. And I'm in agreement with you. I feel hope and I feel that, yeah, we have to put effort among each other, with each other. And um, sometimes maybe the words fight. Um, we we sometimes it's it's not that I. I, if this, if gathered coming together like this in a podcast is speaking out, some people may think that's fighting. No, we don't see it like that. So sometimes it's yeah. just the, the way we label things. Now, my last question before I pass it on to Roy to close the uh, podcast is that what is the main difference of the way with the new age movement i'm kind of like roy i'm I'll, i have to be cautious about things because many sure. things says agenda this agenda that sounds so good all they said at the bottom it always looks so good so uh, yeah well the new new age movement i think has been around for a long time and it's it's a mix of a lot of different things to it means a lot of different things to people the difference between the way and everything else i've ever seen in society is that it is one it's holistic it's not just going to give you pieces because what I found is like we're as humanity, as individuals, we're only as strong as our weakest link. It doesn't matter what foundation breaks in your life. It can ruin you. I don't care if it's your family, it's your health, uh, your work, whatever it may be. If if you don't have you ever seen those guys that are balancing uh, plates on on these sticks and they're running around kind of making them all balance. That's kind of what life is like. you got to keep all these plates balanced in the air if you're really going to become the best person you could be and live your best life. So for me, what I have found is the way is simple, but it's, it's taking the complexity of life, giving you uh, the simple way to integrate it all into your life. And again, it's about integrating all virtue into your life, best practices. It shows you the exact steps on how to do this. And it breaks down the world in a way that will allow you to really make a big difference. So for me, the big difference is this is a, uh, a really compact group of steps that can lead you literally to the path of how you can become the best person you can be and we can fix the world. It's not so like including everything from crystals to whatever it may be. That's fine. Those are fringe issues. But the core of you as a human being, the core of our society, what business is, what government is, how we manage these systems, 
uh, how we manage ourselves, literally from the moment you wake up to how you go to sleep, to what you eat, to what you do, how you construct your mind, teach yourself and all the rest of the pieces. That's what I'm saying is that we all need to have all this knowledge. And what I found is some of you, you have pieces, you know, Roy's got pieces, everybody's got pieces, but we're also missing pieces. And if we put them all together, we create a, a complete puzzle that we can then live, you know, within our life as well as within our society. That's how we become a better, uh, better people in a better society. It's kind of like, uh, you know, if you were on a roadmap and we were trying to go, how do we go from here to true success? True success meaning a better society, a better life for myself and everything else. We literally need to know granularly what road we take, you know, like from moment to moment. And that's what has been missing in everything else I've ever seen. Uh, and it's all some of these other ways seem like they're more about control, domination, uh, making money than there really are about solutions to the world. I mean, just take Christianity for just one second. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. But if you look at Christ's life, Christ was all about finding issues with what? Rich and poor, health issues, uh, food, you know, peace. <laughs> what did the organization become? Come here once a week and say something and we'll forgive you and you can go to heaven. No, not one Christian who I've ever spoken to sees that the church, the organization of Jesus Christ reflects what Jesus would have wanted. If it were, it would have been a resource organization trying to find out the answers to the problems of the world. It would have been a place where you could go anytime and unite with other people to uh, make a difference and all these other aspects. You know what I mean? It, and over thousands of years, the world would have been a much better place. So for me, it's like all of humanity just needs kind of a chiropractic adjustment to get us on the right page. We need to get over this arrogance. My God, men, see each other as brothers. We're not having to be such arrogant fighters all the time. You know, we need to realize that all societies in this world need to thrive if we're all going to thrive because any one of them can destroy us. So it's all about, it all comes back to the diversity and unity. Like you said, the diversity of the world is what makes us so wonderful. We don't want everybody to be the same. I mean, how boring would it be to travel places and have it all be exactly the same? Everybody be the same. That is not the whole point of this world, that the way it was set up is so that we could find people that are into everything you can imagine. I mean, people end up counting how many hairs are an ant. There's people that want to go to space and build space stations. There are people that are trying to figure out how to educate their kids. That's the wonder of humanity. It's like we're the children of God, made in the image of God without all that knowledge and all the abilities, but we can get them together. We can create anything on this planet. Uh, we can figure out amazing things. I mean, just look at all the, the natural ways we can create energy that aren't being implemented. I mean, we can create energy out of magnets. I don't, I don't know why this whole energy is such a big deal. You could literally, all you have to do is spin things to make energy. Magnets, you can make things spin. I mean, you can have magnet engines everywhere. I don't know why a lot of the problems we have are so simply fixed. It's just we are not on the same page to get them fixed. Does that make sense? Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you for this conversation. I'll pass it on to Roy. Uh, I'd, first, I'd like to thank Grace for everything she's been doing because she actually organizes all these live calls. She, she with her sister, along with her sister, create graphics and do a lot of promotion. So this wouldn't be happening only for Grace. So we really thank you for all you're doing. I would also, I'd like to thank you all, all the podcasters today, because it was some amazing questions, fantastic conversations. And Jay, 
it's a, it, brilliant to have you there. I hope you you join us more often because yeah, it's very welcome to to have you with us. Andrew, I know that we've had you. I've had you on the speaking podcast. We've discussed different things, but on the awaken, we've touched on some of this, but deeper. And we've been planning. We're going to do a monthly call where we're going to go live and get people to give us the questions because I'm similar to yourself. Like I want, we're looking for solutions, and we're not saying it's not Andrew's solutions, it's not Roy's solutions, it's not none of our solutions. We're looking for the best solutions. There's massive, creative minds out there. So yeah. why not just get on board? You'll find Andrew on 7way.me. Be sure to start following him. All of us put this up on our podcast. You'll see the links to everybody. So follow Grace, follow Jay, follow Steve. And like, as you say, like a billion people, some people go, ah, that's out there. But if you said, let's everybody just find three people and make it a ripple effect. I can find yeah. three people. The people I find can three people. And I actually believe it is possible. And everything you've said, it, what I love is it's not about you. And I know that from our, we've had a few, a good few decent conversations and it's not your ego. Unfortunately, I see ego with a lot of the people around the world. And, you know, we're looking at, we've discussed politics left and right and everything. All it is, is following the right, just going in the right direction for humanity, building it. Like you said, from the pyramid up, it's not a pyramid. It's humanity creating everything for the betterment of each other. Exactly. And to feed your ego, you will you will gain more by helping people than you ever will by being uh, greedy and the rest. It's this integration of virtue and becoming the better person, helping the world is so much more fulfilling. So the to the med that matter, that's out of one of those books in the past. But uh, I just want to say that, again, it doesn't have to be this way. You can you can literally help us all create a better world if we can just get on the page. And this isn't I'm not against you. I'm totally for you. I want to help you. And uh, thank you all for having me on. Uh, it was an honor to be here, and uh, please, you know, let's all join together and really make this stuff happen. Oh, and one other thing I want to say as far as the billion people go, there are more than a billion people on Facebook just sharing pictures and whatnot. So if you, I mean, to the idea that, oh, we can't get a billion people, like, there are a billion people already joined doing basically nothing. Why not join and do something meaningful? Well, talk from a free donut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, offer me a free donut. You bring three people, and we'll save the world. How about that? Thank you so much. Source bless. Thank you.